Massimo Moretti is a serial entrepreneur within the tech and luxury industries, starting his career as a candidate on the hit TV show The Apprentice in France, and since then, taking on leadership and founder roles within multiple organizations. Massimo's latest venture, Itac, launched last week within Signum Group, the first Web3 powerhouse, accelerator and venture studio, which believes the future of culture will be shaped by creators empowered by cutting-edge technologies. Hello everyone, I'm Ashley McDonnell and welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. It's Metaverse Fashion Week and to mark the biggest moment of the year for the fashion and technology industries to intersect, we're bringing you a bonus episode of Tech Powered Luxury with Massimo Moretti, founder and CEO of Signum Group and co-founder and CEO of Itac. Massimo, welcome to the Tech Powered Luxury Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I know that you are the busiest person in Web3 right now. You're fresh from, I think, one of the biggest in-person events that you've ever held as well. So first of all, welcome and thank you. Thanks so much, Ashley, for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure. And as you know, with the Metaverse Fashion Week happening now and all of these incredible projects that are launching around the world, it's definitely a moment to talk about everything to do with Web3, Metaverse, NFTs, all the different innovation happening in this space. But I'd love to start out by asking you first, who are you and what led you to where you are today? That's a great question. So I'm uh, Massimo Moretti. So I'm half French, half Italian, based in Paris. I started to work uh, with luxury brands. I was passionate uh, about luxury and cutting edge technology. My dream was to yeah connect uh, both together, the world of luxury and cutting edge technology. And I think Web3 today, this world of ownership and decentralization, it's uh, it's a huge opportunity for brands uh, to leverage new communities, to, to leverage like uh, artists. And this is exactly what, what we are doing today. So, so yeah, and now... I think there is like a huge, huge opportunity for all brands in, let's say, I call I call them high-end and aspirational brands, uh, which means, yeah, luxury brands. So Super. Um, I imagine to get into the space of both high-tech and high-luxury, you needed to have a strong base of knowledge of both of those areas. What was your educational path and how did you make sure that you had enough knowledge about these two very different spaces? Yeah, that's a good question. So I started to, uh, in marketing, entrepreneurship and marketing, uh, so I started to really understand like the brand. DNA, the brand architecture, and that's really important to to really understand like the the vision of the brands where they would like to go. Um, and today, like I think people are not just looking forward to buy a brand, but they're looking for more meaning. You know, they're looking for uh, what are the engagement of the brands, etc. So I I really started to to understand like the this uh, this this word. Uh, of brands, high-end and, and, and luxury brands. Um, and after that, I started to to understand technologies. Uh, started with VR, AR, uh, which means virtual and augmented reality. And I started to work in the Web3 space uh, four years ago, uh, starting with crypto. So you were a very early adopter of everything to do with Web3, let it be crypto or metaverse. Yeah. You also are a serial entrepreneur. Can you tell me a little bit about your company? So that's uh, so we just launched two days ago Itac officially. So Itac is a cultural platform, a Web3 cultural platform that's leveraged new technologies to create smart, beautiful customer-centric experiences for brands. Um, so it was born from the association from Signum. Uh, so I created Signum Group, the first Web3 powerhouse accelerator and venture studio. Um, and we merged with Acid Rays, a virtual design studio based in Paris, and they were the winner of the LVMH prize. Uh, so altogether, uh, we decided to create ETAC with this very unique approach. So we believe that the 
future of culture will be shaped by creators and powered by cutting edge technologies. So this will allow um, the emergence of new form of art that will bend the, the frontier between reality and virtuality. So um, our real mission is um, to help brands embrace these uh, transformative shifts uh, that are ahead and uh, how comprehensive service offering encompasses everything from strategy to technical implementation. And we also provide training to enable brands to lead cultural change from within. So we work with Rimova, uh, we work with uh, Hublot, we work with Vachon Constantin. Um, and so, yeah, we, 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 we try to, to help them to understand this, this cultural and te- technological shift um, and our team combine business expertise, technical know-how, creative talents, digital craftsmanship, etc. It sounds like you've got the entire ecosystem behind Signum Group, which is amazing because that's one of the most challenging aspects today for a luxury brand that wants to enter this space. It's figuring out, okay, who are all the different people out there that I need to connect with? What, what are the different vendors? Do they actually understand luxury? How do you answer to all those questions for luxury brands, especially when from one luxury division to another, like you said, you've got watches, but you've also got suitcases, fashion, beauty. How do you navigate all of that? Well, that's a good question. So for, for some brands, for example, what we what we doing, we we deep dive uh, with the brands. We again, we, we, we try to understand like the entire brand DNA, the entire brand architecture, all the value, where the brand would like to go uh, next year, in two years, three, four, five, ten years. So, uh, you know, the brand we work with, they will be there probably. Uh, you know, they are in, uh, in, uh, in, in the future, especially brands such as um, Vacheron Constantin. It's a 270-year-old brand. So you can imagine um, how it's difficult for a brand like this to enter into a new space like Web3, you know, because you really need to take care about what you're doing with your brand because your IP is the most important thing, right? So, and some brands, sometimes they did some action that was not so good, you know, for the brand. So, um, so yeah, it's really, really important to, to deep dive into the, the brand DNA, the brand value. And uh, I think this is what we're doing uh, thanks to all the interview. So both internal interview and external interview to do something that makes sense. So I think that what the next big thing will be like co-creating with the communities. Uh, so yesterday we were talking about an audience, which means that brands were, were like pushing content you know, to this audience. Uh, but today and tomorrow, brands will co-create. So we call that, uh, we can call that co-creative commerce, which means that you co-create with your community, right? You are not like just pushing stuff to them, uh, including product, etc. But um, I th- really think that tomorrow, uh, customers will uh, co-create with the brands and we'll, d- we'll decide like the message, uh, brand decision making, this kind of thing. So, um, so this is exactly what we, we're trying to do. Super interesting. Do you see any brands today that are best in class and already pushing forward with that mindset? Yeah, I think um, uh, I had a chance to meet the CEO of uh, Gucci, Marco Bizzari, and um, mm-hmm. he, he, he told me that uh, Gucci is a risk taker. You know, they like trying to do things. They like to, to try things. And as American people say, uh, fail, but fail better. So they, they're trying many things. Some things are very, how to say, um, it's it's very like, there is a lot of odas, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of risk. You know, when you're digging innovation, you don't know if what you're doing is, is the right things to do, but you, you, 
you, you try to do something that makes sense for you and especially for, for the consumer. So yeah, Gucci definitely is, is, is an interesting example. So uh, we we also work with Hublot. So we've launched with them the first, um, we call that connected collectible. And I think in the future, we'll have more and more connected collectible, which means that you have a, you, you have a physical product, which means a watch, mm-hmm. and you get the NFT in the same time, right? So we think that in the future, we'll have more and more connected products. And yeah, Hublot is also a good example. So uh, Gucci, of course, um, Porsche is also an interesting example. So even if like the the job was not a success, it was like a, a very good learning for many different brands. Um, and I think again, it's just the beginning because some brands ask us like, "What do we need to do? Please give us some examples, some case studies." But you need to create. Yeah, you need to create this, okay. these use cases, right? Because it's you know we we new we in a new area, we in a new world, right? So 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 yeah. Um, I have just this example, this example in mind right now, but I'm sure there are a lot. No, it's really interesting to hear. And actually, um, so many different industries will be able to leverage NFT technology, for example. It's not just uh, luxury handbags. That's something that gets mentioned a lot on the podcast. Like, why isn't Chanel launching NFTs and digital twins, especially when you have products that are resold many times online? It can be a great way to authenticate. But also cars, um, NFTs, it's not just about authentication. It could also be for community and bringing people together that have maybe one of 100 of these limited edition items around the world. And allowing these people to connect together, there's something really interesting there. And actually, you're the first person that's come on and mentioned this next step, which is co-creation. So if a brand listening today is thinking, okay, I'm in a creative space, I mean, luxury brands in general, creativity Mm -hmm. is at the core. How would they be able to work with you on this co-creation side of things? Well, co-creation starts, so of course, you need to start to talk with the brand. Again, you need to, to deep dive into the brand DNA. So we did that with Vacheron. Um, and uh, and that's that's absolutely fundamental to understand the brand. You know? And sometimes some agency or consulting firm that didn't really deep dive into the brand, right? But this is the first thing we're doing. We really try to understand the brands in order to suggest them what will make sense for, for them as a brand and what will make sense for um, for. Uh, for the community, right? So, um, so our approach is like, well, we have secret sauce, of course, that I can I can share, but um, but yeah, that's that's the first point. But um, again, I think in the future, brands will will co-create with the community. So the idea is how you you leverage um, the community, but in in a very transparent way, an authentic way. You know that 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 is the secret. You know, uh, you you can't fake it anymore, you know. So think about this drop with Porsche, you know. So you need to bring utility or let's say you need to bring something that is a collectible. um, So, but you need to be transparent. So I think the key for any kind of brand is being transparent, being authentic. That's that's super, super important. If you're not doing that, um, I'm not sure your web three project will be successful. So, uh, and this is a reality. We, 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 we discovered that with Porsche again, it's just an example. Uh, but, but this is something that we were very, very careful. And, and we, we explained that to, to all brands we're working with. And, and, and yeah, that's the reason why I think like, uh, our uh, approach is a bit different, uh, in, in this market. If somebody is trying to figure out as a brand, should they even move into the space? A lot of the time when I talk to people who maybe have been in luxury for 10, 20, 30 years and they're thinking, oh, wait, but NFTs are over now and metaverse, it's an empty desert. What would you say to those people? Well, first of all, um, when you, you need to stay to stay curious, 
you know. So, of course, like, as you can imagine, when you talk with the very old brands, uh, so people are working these brands since a while, and, and, and you, you explain them that there is a huge revolution. We call that Web3, which means decentralization and ownership, etc. So, of course, it's a bit, uh, a bit crazy, you know, you're scared, right? But um, I think you need to, step by step, you need to deep dive into all, this, all these technologies, right? And you also need to understand, like, it's not just technology, but it's, all, it's also a cultural shift, right? So, mm-hmm. I think... You can start step by step, and we're doing a lot of education, right? So uh, we did that for Rimova, for example, and they really enjoyed the, the workshop because we were having a very uh, smooth approach, right? Explaining with simple words, right? Because you know sometimes we people add complexity to complexity, right? But the reality is sometimes it's much more simpler than we think, right? So we we arrive with a very easy approach, and and we explain that in a very easy way, and people get this they don't understand because it's not so complicated right we need we just need to show them that the real the real veil behind these technologies right so it's not so complicated this is this is the reality right yeah i think especially if we want to start bringing people that are outside of this space into it we have to do it in a really easy to understand way it's kind of like the web 2 revolution as well yeah, luxury was absolutely. very anti e-commerce and anti social media yeah yeah <laughs> that's true that's true like i remember i was talking with like someone at Hermes, like maybe 10 years ago or something like this. I don't remember exactly and uh, maybe less. And it was crazy for them, like doing e-commerce or even Chanel going on Facebook. They, they ask uh, Facebook to, to change the color for them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't think they got a change. Imagine if Facebook no, was uh, Hermes Because orange. they didn't realize. But, but, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's a lot of education. And, and, and I think now all brands are, uh, they understand more and more. You know, they understand more and more the, the opportunity behind uh, behind Web3, right? But I, I'm sure like tomorrow we'll completely forget this word, you know, because it's it's a very, it's it's like, you know, luxury, right? I like replacing luxury by high-end and aspirational brands, right? Mm-hmm. We, we we need to change also the, the vocabulary, right? It's like NFT, uh, it's like internet, you know, so uh, we need to use, of course, some words to define the things, but, but at the end, uh, I, I'm sure like in the future we, we will completely change this this vocabulary so I'll need to change the name of the podcast <laughs> tech powered luxury will become tech powered aspirational and high end brands <laughs> well <knows>? no <laughs> yeah but you define with very specific word but you know like when you talk with people that uh, don't never or they heard like uh, NFT or metaverse like you know it's a big word you know but the reality is it's not so complicated but you're right it's like in web 2 you know with e-commerce right it was the same it was exactly the same uh, so it's, it's, it's just like a new step of the story. You already mentioned culture when you spoke about co-creation. How do you see culture and in particular entertainment impacting the future of luxury? Well, culture um, is, is, is a really, really important thing because, um, because I think that, and, and this is a reality and we, we can discover that every, every day with brands. So they work with more and more artists because when you're brands, you, you, you can't just sell a product with like with with zero meaning you need to bring more meaning to the people that are buying uh these or this product right so i think and i'm sure that brands need to become like cultural agents which means that just not pushing a product but pushing like a a philosophy pushing an an ideology uh pushing a vision uh real strong and authentic and transparent values so so this is this is like my definition of like 
culture and how brands can 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 leverage um, artists, uh, but again in a very transparent world. So um, in a very transparent way, sorry. And regarding like your question, like with entertainment, so the future is um, from my point of view, like more and more brands will onboard the new generation. Uh, with more and more gamification approach, you know, um, and especially in Web3, we absolutely need to to simplify the experience, make it very smooth, which is not really the case uh, today uh, because products are really new. So, um, so yeah, gamification and UX, UI in Web3 will be completely different in a few few months, few years. Um, it, it takes some time uh, to 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 to. Like have the best products. Um, again, it's like the same in web in web two. I think yeah. about e-commerce at the beginning; it was horrible. It was you know? <laughs> even internet. You know, yeah. The, the the user experience was like terrible, right? And I think it it was it is a bit the same in web three right now. Even if we have like more and more startups that uh, push new, they're pushing new product, new solution that are like super smooth. When it comes to fashion in particular, I think there's a huge opportunity because of wearables. And when people are, people are engaging in the metaverse, they need to be wearing something. They want to represent themselves. For the larger brands, so you know the big high end aspirational luxury brands that we see today, of course they're being more cautious with this because they really want to decide how will they define themselves in yes. the medium. But for yes. the younger, independent, emerging designers, this, I think, is a big advantage that they have to just go for it and create digital collections. Perhaps their first ever collection will be digital if you look at students today, des- design and fashion students. Yes. What would be the easy first couple of steps that designers could take in order to actually create a digital collection. They don't have to design it themselves. I know this is something I've heard before. They can work with other people, but what advice would you give to actually just move forward with that? Well, I think, you know, uh, you need to find someone that represents your brand. So you can find like an ambassador or an influencer that that can, uh, you know, uh, you can co-design, you can co-create with with this person, like a, a virtual closet, right? So even a connected collectible, you know, I really like this approach because, Tomorrow, probably, like you, 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 you're buying like some, uh, I don't know, real T-shirt, right? And you will, you will have this real, you will have this real T-shirt in in 3D, um, which means that you can use it on on sandbox, you can use it on the social, and you can use it on spatial. And I think the future is uh, having more and more interoperability between all digital assets. Um, and especially like virtual clauses, right? So uh, we, we work a lot with uh, with fashion designer, and I think it's like just like designing something and, and trying to push it on the, on the platform that that could be that could be an idea like uh, some people maybe even doing for free you know just to be because can can test and try it's like in uh, in games right so the game is free and after that if you want to to go further you need to buy this and this and this and this right so i think it's uh, it could be a first step for for young uh, emerging designer especially because you didn't have a lot of money right you can invest you can pay a lot of people right uh, so doing things step by step and 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 i think that's more and more designer um, understand that and the, the the beauty is for them they are much more flexible so you know even if they care a lot about the ip of course uh, but they are much more flexible and agile, so they can like uh, in, in very easy ways 
do something like this. So yeah, we we in discussion with many many people for for that. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's quite funny. So you mentioned influencer right at the beginning, like partner with an influencer. But I assume that you mean an influencer in one of the metaverses. So an influencer within Decentraland, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be an influencer in Decentraland, but it could be like also another kind of influencer. So think about like Snoop Dogg, for example. Yeah. So you know, it was like uh, one of the first celebrity uh, uh, having its own avatars uh, uh, on a metaverse platform. So and it's it's really cool because it's uh, you know it's like it, it shows that the uh, culture music industry artists they're also here right and they're trying new stuff which is not so easy right but I really like the fact you know artists they're also influencers right um, so and I think it's just the beginning and and now the thing is that you need to why metaverse metaverses are not so successful right now today because we need more content and we need more community right it, it, it works like both. It worked together, right? And uh, and I think in the future we'll have more and more like content uh, because the the creator economy is just it's just like uh, they're just discovering what's going on and how they can they can use it and how they can be rewarded for that, right? So this is the beauty of Web three. Let's do not forget that NFT uh, started with creators, right? Started with artists, right? Now we have like we use it like as a loyalty program. We use it like uh, in a very different way. Uh, and again, we will have uh, many different changes in the in, in the future. But uh, it started like this uh, with artists. Definitely. And that's why we need to equip the next generation of designers. We've had um, the amazing ladies behind Ouroboros on the podcast. They were our first ever episode, actually, of Tech Powered Luxury. Wow. And wow, like I, I'm so inspired by everything that they're doing. And I'm working with them now on a project as well, which I'm really excited to launch later this year. Okay. We actually had Tang Poco on the podcast as well this week. Wow. So she's one of the biggest influencers within the Met within Decentraland in particular and she's like the named supermodel of Metaverse Fashion Week I didn't even know that could be a thing <laughs> it's uh, crazy to think about it and she is an influencer yeah. but only within the Metaverse and no one actually knows who she is in real life so she's obviously a real person but she's created this entire persona in Decentraland in particular she created her own team the baby dolls and actually you can work with her as a brand and have her wear your digital clothes in the Metaverse so that people see her wearing it. So it's actually the exact same way as we do influencer marketing in, you know, real life. Yep. And I think that's really cool. So it's really interesting to see how this has evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe we can send Snoop Dogg some digital wearables, hope that he'll wear them and walk around yeah. in the metaverse. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that the, these artists are super open-minded. They're trying new things, like even Paris Hilton, you know, like they, they, they like innovation. And yeah. I like the fact like the they're trying new new things, you know, uh, not just for promotion, but also because they are they like innovation. That's that's very cool, and I'm sure that in the future we'll have more and more like artists, musician, uh, rapper guy. Uh, so many many of them uh, started to to uh, set up the, uh, the 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 own their own NFT collection. But I think we'll have more and more like collaboration. I'm I'm really close to many different artists, and we we we're trying to help them. We try to help them to to benefit uh, you know to leverage the, these technologies so so that's really interesting what's going on right now in the music industry in the gaming industry in the entertainment industry in the luxury industry in the fashion industry so I think all of these industry will be 
completely disrupted by by what's going on right now. Absolutely. And you already said it, it's like CRM program as well. It's loyalty building. Imagine if every single person that followed a particular musician had an NFT for every concert that they attended. I mean, it's kind of revolutionizing the way that an artist or a musician sees their fan base because they actually really understand, okay, not only are they a fan listening to my music, but they're coming to my concerts. They've been to the last five, um, you know, in my European tour, I need to reward them. I need to create maybe an online, but also in-person community to to bring back um, some special experiences for these customers. No, no, absolutely. We call that uh, wallet marketing. So, so the idea behind wallet marketing is is having like a better understanding about like who your customer, right? So, and with this, uh, with the, the wallet marketing approach, you you you're able to to know like who is who. Like, I mean, who is who in the way that uh, what. Uh, which kind of things this person own, uh, you know, because on, 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 let's say much, much of the, all the wallets, more or less, let's say you can have the, the visibility on like, uh, what you have inside your wallet. So mm-hmm. tell me, tell me your, give me your wallet and I will tell you who you are. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, because, uh, you have like your, well, you can have many different wallets, of course, but, uh, but yeah, and I think like this uh, wallet marketing approach will completely change the way that brands are building their CRM. Right, uh, so we, we 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 talk and we work with a lot of brands that are trying to understand how they can change a bit this approach regarding the the CRM approach and especially on loyalty, right? So how you you onboard and how you you reward your most valuable customer, how you onboard new customer uh, with just like some airdrop, you know, for having a specific, let's say some uh, specific, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, prices, specific access to some private collection, or just like you would like to discover the brand. We, we, if you, if you're inside this whitelist, you will get a chance. You will have a chance to, um, to receive a, um, a ticket for an event for something. So, again, it's just the beginning. We're just starting to explore what's going on, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, that thanks to these new technologies. Um, you had me thinking there for certain brands. Actually, for all brands, all businesses, right? They don't have limitless resources in general. They have to prioritize. Would you say that today the easiest path is to focus on people who are already active in Web3 in terms of customers? So people who are already maybe gamers and in there are, should we be looking at our current customer base who are not in the metaverse and trying to bring them there? That's the that's the question. That's the Hundred million dollar question. <laughs> so, Do you um, have the answer? <laughs> well, I... I I have from my experience, from our experience with my team, we have we have an answer. I think so. I think they should target both. Um, why doing that? Because it's it will be like a bad decision not you know working with the the current um, people that it, it's your core clients. You know, it's, it's it's the people that are passionate about your brand, right? Even if they are let's say web two. Uh, you know that they, they like your brands. You know, so if you launch something, probably a part of them will buy your NFT or will 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 have an action, right? Because they, they like your brand, right? Um and uh so this is the first point. So you absolutely need to 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 work with your, your current clientele, right? And of course you need to leverage um others, other platform, you know, uh such as I don't know, Roblox or Decentraland or like could be any kind of platform with with a with a with a good community, with a very huge community, right? So you need to do both. And in order to do that, you need to make super, super smooth the experience, both for the Web2 
of course, Web3 people, they understand like the wallet, they own a wallet, they know how to buy crypto and to buy something in crypto and convert crypto into stablecoin and doing these kind of things, right? But I mean, you need to make it super, super simple for everybody. My mom need to be able uh, to, to buy anything, right? So the Visa or MasterCard or, you know, in a very easy way. So that is that is the secret. I think that brand need to keep in mind is like having this, this double approach, uh, and you can target both. This is what we're doing with, uh, with with some brands, right? I saw something really interesting last week. Lauro Piana launched a new store in Palo Alto. So California, it's known for being this center of all the amazing um, unicorn founders. And the collection that they launched there actually was backed by blockchain. I couldn't believe it because Lauro Piana is such a classic brand. They're anti marketing anti-digital in many ways you know what did you think about that well I, first of all i love a lot of piano uh so a lot of piano was uh was like they were like uh they were providing you know materials at that uh, at the beginning right so uh, let's do not forget that because it is a, it, this is the the story of the brands um and yeah i think that they they, they work with uh, aura blockchain uh which is like uh they're another people. winner of the lvmh innovation prize right you mean aura blockchain yeah well, uh, our blockchain is like uh, the, the, it's it's both LVMH, OTB, Prada, uh, and Richemont. It's all 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 the all these groups all together that are using you know the leveraging blockchain through our blockchain consortium, right? So, um, yeah, but you, you, your point is like interesting because I was also surprised uh, a brand uh, 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 such as Laropiana decided to launch into into web into Web three, right? But the, I like the fact they started with doing something very, very useful for, for the customer, right? So it's the first step. It's not like marketing. They are trying to do something uh, which is like useful for, for, for the people and especially, especially on traceability and these kind of things, right? This is like, a, it was a bit the, the idea, I think. Um, and same for Bretling. Uh, so many brands are, are, are very, let's say, concrete. They would like to do something very tangible. And I think a brand like La Ropiana uh, make a lot of sense, you know, for the moment. Um, because you're right, their marketing is 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 not like too much pushy. It's very elegant. It's, it's mm-hmm. low-key. Very inconspicuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But I really like this this brand, right? So, um, but yeah, no, I think it was like very interesting the way that they started to, 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 um, to discover and to jump into the web three. Uh, so that's, that's, that, that is a very smart move. And, and, and I think, I don't know if people will uh, understand that, you know, uh, because sometimes people don't know that uh, you can have more visibility on the traceability of the supply chain thanks to uh, to NFT or, or something like this. So uh, that's that's um, I'm very curious to to understand like what's what are the next step for for them and how people how they will communicate. This is a very uh, strong challenge for brand and many brands approaches because okay so. You have a digital passport or a digital certificate for the authentication of the product, but how you communicate, you know, because it's, I mean, it's a bit boring. Like it's, it's very useful. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's very, very useful. Like, especially for, um, for, um, let's say luxury products, right. Uh, being sure that it's a real product, especially on the second end. I think there is a huge, huge market. And the resale for... opportunity, it's huge, yes, I agree. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. We, we're exploring a lot how we can, you know, uh, help brands to um, to secure, you know, the second-hand market because most of the brands, they didn't have any visibility. 
you know, on the... Yeah, they're not involved in any way. It's third-party platforms, Vestiaire Collective, the real, real, and you're relying on them to say whether your product is real or not and sell it on to somebody else. A lot of mistakes happen. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I, can't, I can't say which brand, but one day I was in a boutique shop and, uh, in Paris and, and it was a belt and, and the guy told me, oh, but it's a fake belt. Mm. You can't imagine... I bought the bell a few years ago in the same boutique shop and the guy told me it's a fake. Uh, no. So yes, yes. And I can I can mention the brand because it's it's one of my future clients, but I was like, wow, wow. And, and I think so that, many of us are you know, we haven't realized maybe that we have purchased things from these um secondhand or you know, pre-loved luxury stores. And okay, well it's a testament that somehow this fake product still was high quality if you're still wearing it and it's still okay. So at least it didn't fall apart completely. But it is pretty annoying if you know you're not buying into the community and the values that you thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. something to happen there. And I do think that the web three space gives luxury brands an opportunity to now be a part of um, resale because today they actually kind of have no say whatsoever in what happens because it's peer-to-peer with these third-party yeah. platforms um, but this creates something I mean if we just look at the way it's done with NFTs like royalties for example it's yes. just built in with an NFT if a, a brand launches something if it's resold at least they're um, constantly being rewarded for that as well um, but that doesn't happen in the real world today for real products. Well, what, what you're saying, it's, it's exactly something we, we work on right now. Okay. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> can't say wait more, to see it go live. <laughs> no, no, but I can't say more, but uh, this is, this is an, uh, we have this kind of discussion with many different brands and, uh, and they understand that they're really, I mean, most of them, they're really uh, conscious about like uh, these, this second hand opportunity uh, and they, they understand that. But now the, the, the challenge is how, make something relevant for for the brand relevant for the, for for the for the community right uh, because taking money for taking money yes could be interesting but you again you you, you need to to be sure that that um, it benefit the final customer also right so so that's the reason why I think I like the the fact yeah. that um, a lot of piano started to uh, to 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 leverage you know uh, QR code technology to verify the authenticity traceability and composition of each item you know so this is something very very useful very tangible and now again the question is how you can make it like sexy you know how yeah. you make it like a <laughs> you know a real user experience a real customer experience right right so that's this is like a, this is the challenge same for digital digital passport same for second hand market so. Uh, you know, when you're doing something useful, you also need to to make it sexy, make it cool, you know, yeah. the customer journey, right? So Especially in luxury, if it's not desirable, it's not going to work and it could actually damage your brand image as well. Or it could exclude yes. part of your community who love it today and then are like, oh, I don't like this. And um, yeah. customer acquisition is so expensive in luxury, but it's so usually rewarding because you have a very long customer life cycle. So you don't want to close people off. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's um, I love this kind of conversation because this is exactly something we're working on. So <laughs> I can I can share more, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, I really love this this subject. Me too, um, Massimo. If we take it back to the earlier stages of your own career, what advice do you wish that you had received at the time? We need to to stay curious as as a CEO and co-founder of my company. 
I have the feeling sometimes I know nothing uh, because I have like a, a huge overview. I was traveling a lot in, in Korea, uh, in the US, in Middle East, uh, in a lot of country to, to understand what happened everywhere, you know, in this Web3 ecosystem, right? Um, meeting with startups, meetings, VCs, um, meetings, artists, et cetera, and, and, and having this, this uh, large overview on, on this market. But yeah, the key is that we absolutely need to stay curious and very humble because everything is going so fast. It's impossible to know everything in detail. So my secret is working with the best people around me. So I have a, a web few marketing guru. I have uh, one of the best creative people in my team. Uh, uh, I have like the best guy who is doing smart contracts. So I work with the, I'm trying to work with the best people that are very specific you know, I have a I have a general overview, but I didn't have like all the specificity on everything on this market. It's impossible. So yeah, my answer is like working and being surrounded by by the people that are better than you, that are smarter than you in in each different uh, verticals. Uh, uh, so yeah, this is something I'm I'm, I'm trying to do. Uh, thanks to my network and thanks to the, all the fantastic people I'm working with. And of course with brands, because I'm learning, we, we learn a lot of things thanks to, to the brand because we're co-building with them. You know, that's the reason why we need to stay humble because um, we, we most, most of the time, of course, we know the brand, but we don't know everything about the brand, right? So we're co-building with them, we're co-building with the, the community. So, so yeah, we, we, we are trying to change a bit my, my mindset and, and trying to to get this this approach. Really good advice. I think no matter what stage you are in life, yeah, it's good advice. <laughs> just be curious, stay curious, ask questions. Um, and don't All the just time. think you know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially in this market, because when you're doing innovation, it's impossible to to be the best in, in everything. And since we, we have to connect the dots together, you know, between heart, between brands, between uh, uh, wealthy communities, uh, between artists, uh, between uh, cultural marketer, between influencers, um, between technology, all all of the things together. Um, uh, that's that's not so that's not so easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of your own next steps and for Signum, what is the plan for the next couple of months? Well, uh, so we announced two days ago the launch of uh, Etac. Uh, our new web few platform. So uh, Sigdom will be like the, uh, will stay the, the accelerator and the venture studio dedicated to uh, web few companies, especially. Um, and Etac will be uh, the web few platform that help the most high-end and aspirational brands. So uh, we'll communicate more and more uh, around Itac. We will announce many different things these few next months. Uh, so you can follow itac.io. Um, and uh, and yeah, this is something we uh, we're really excited with because we, we we were trying to build something different in this ecosystem, um, not just like a, um, a consulting company, not just like a new product, but something different. So I can't share more review right now, but uh, but um, but yeah, we'll share like uh, this these uh, uh, next few months more and more details on what's what we what we are building right now. Very exciting. Massimo, thank you so much. This has been a really interesting conversation and I have taken lots of notes of things that I need to go and be more curious about and learn about as well. And I can't wait to see what you and the entire Signum group do over the next couple of months and years. I can't even predict what's going to happen in one, two, three years time for you, but I'm sure it's going to be really, really interesting. 
Thank you. Thanks so much, Ashley. Really, really appreciate. Thank you again for having me. And uh, it's it's very exciting what you're doing. And and uh, again, I'm I'm very delighted to to be a guest. So I'll see you very soon, and and we we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech Powered Luxury, your weekly podcast on all things luxury and tech. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow Tech Powered Luxury on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn, or sign up to our weekly newsletter. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest. 